Hey, I'm Ken Pettit. And I'm Martin Frazier. And we are Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, better known as Lads. Mm. Today uh. is Thursday, December 29th, 2022. And this is the last pod of this year. I'll say that. Ooh. Definitely. 2022, Martin. What a year for us, maybe. I don't know. It was a good year. It was pretty solid year of soccer and um, World Cup and Premier League, I suppose. Um, how are you feeling with the year coming to an end? Yeah, I mean, I, I just can't believe yet again another year has gone by. And yeah, it's it's been a pretty fucking wild ride for a soccer fan in 2022. I mean, winter FIFA. Uh, World Cup for the first time ever. It disrupted Premier League season yet again. Um, a crazy transfer summer. Uh, we got the drama. We got a damn national news interview with Pierce Morgan and a goat. It, it was just weird, man. 2022 was weird. Uh, 2023 is coming about. And if I can make one prediction about 2023 is Erling Holland. He's going to break every fucking record in the book. He's He's a robot. Erling yeah. Holland robot is doing Erling Holland robot things still. All right, yeah, let's just get into it. Uh, I am very happy the Premier League is back. Um, Erling Holland has not missed a fucking tick. He is at twenty Premier League goals in fourteen appearances. Um, pretty staggering stuff. Um, he's been sitting around doing his no nut World Cup November and has finally released it back onto all of us. Um, I'm sorry for that image. Very, um, very accurate image, though. And and Pep said uh, right after the World Cup finished up, he he essentially said, yeah, the, the players that went to the World Cup are, are certainly in better fitness than the players that uh, stayed home and did not have World Cup duty. And I think Erlen Holland heard that. Uh, dusted up his old boots in the backyard and just started drilling goals because it appears not to have affected him in the slightest. Kevin has an insane stat, he told me before the podcast, about Erling Holland and his goal-scoring record through 14 games so far. Uh, Kevin, lay it the fuck on the people because the people need to know. Um, Erling Holland has now scored as many Premier League goals as Darby did in the 2007-2008 campaign, but in 24 fewer games. Um, Is that other- good? Well, I think that's just Darby so bad. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. I feel like it's like we're kicking a dead horse. Or like, why? Honestly, that's kind of a mean stat. <laughs> that's, like, that's kind of mean to be like you know darby has to live with being the worst premier league side ever and the fact that people are still bringing it up now like uh over a decade later just to throw in other stuff i mean rightfully so i mean it's kind of like if we're doing an american comparison people are going to be talking about like the Owen 16 browns Owen 16 detroit lions, lions. yeah um yeah. horrible it basketball. is an iconic stat and you know what it is free advertising i don't think being relegated has ever improved a club's name recognition, like being relegated like Darby was in 2007, 2008. Everybody knows Darby. Um, you pick another League One team uh, like Chestershire. You don't know who the fuck they are. You know who Darby County is because they scored 10 points in an entire calendar year. Legends, man. Legends. So if we're going to do averages, so 10 points over 30, so that's three points every 10 games about, or less, that's less. 
Um, yeah, just under. Wow, that is brutal. So yeah, we'll keep talking about them. That is mean, though. It is mean. <laughs> like, let sleeping dogs lie, I suppose. Um, just other parts of this. Uh, I guess we can talk about the actual match. Uh, Leeds versus Man City. Um, everyone was taking the over in this game. Everyone was expecting a shootout, like 4-2, 3-1, which is what ended up being the final score. Uh, Holland with a brace, Rodri with a goal before the end of the first half. Um, Jack Grealish kind of looked like shit in the first half, and he heard all these memes and all these people talking shit. And uh, obviously he needs to step up because Al Moran has stepped up, which we'll get to with uh, Newcastle, um, which is also a great story. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, but yeah, Jack Grealish looked phenomenal in the second half. Man City just really turned it on. Leeds just loves to fucking run around. They were kind of unfortunate with a couple chances, one going right by um, the post. Uh, Man City almost got a handball. I'm just kind of rambling a little bit. But yeah, I mean, Man City obviously just dominant uh in the second half leads they just like to run around man they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off and i kind of love it i think jesse march's side should be kind of happy with how they played going up against the juggernauts who are man city and were able to you know keep pace with them i suppose i mean the scoreline will not reflect that but then again like i do think we saw some great showings from brendan aronson today um what's his name got a goal uh stuchet uh Strzic, yeah, um, which kind of put them a little bit. It made the game at least a little bit more interesting, you know, um, in the final yeah. like 10, 10 minutes or so. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought for uh, the team that they played against, Leeds, Leeds really did fantastic. And if you look at, you know, a couple of the better players on Leeds, you can equate them to their performance in the World Cup. You look at Brennan Aronson, who I thought did brilliantly um, for the United States when he was allowed to play. Um, I thought Rodrigo did brilliantly for uh, Brazil when he was on the pitch. Um, Greenwood and Roca were also in the World Cup. So um, Leeds obviously was never given a shot in hell of winning this game, but they were able to hang on well. Um, just to wrap it up with the dominance of this Manchester City team, um, Kevin and I were talking uh, before this game, and we said this has essentially been the perfect return to the Premier League that we could have asked for after the World Cup break, um, given that Manchester City somehow lose this game. Obviously, all of our prayers weren't answered. Uh, Manchester City did exactly what Manchester City does and and just put on a freaking clinic. Um, and let's be honest, this is not the best uh, Manchester City squad. Um, with Rico Lewis playing in, in right back, Cancelo still not on the pitch. Um, Akanji, who I thought really did well playing a deputy center back, um, in the games before the World Cup, uh, still playing well after the World Cup. He did well in the World Cup as well. And obviously, Ake getting a run in games. I do want to bring up how freaking weird Pep Guardiola is. Um, first and foremost, he I, I kind of already alluded to it, but he criticized um, the players' fitness uh, for those who did not go to the World Cup. Um, he essentially called out Calvin Phillips earlier this week, saying that Calvin Phillips is fat. And Calvin Phillips is is not uh, in in actual shape for oh, uh, the Premier League. Is he? Um, is that like what? What did uh, Mourinho used to do to uh, your boy at Man United? Luke Shaw. Yeah. Yeah, Luke he Shaw. Used to I couldn't think of it. Luke Shaw. Yeah. He's fat shaming so, Calvin Phillips. Shit. Yeah. So he fat shamed Calvin Phillips, and then a uh, a uh, reporter asked after the game about Cal- Calvin Phillips, um, and his response and keep in mind this is a direct quote i am not adding a word i'm not taking away any words 
This came out of Pep Guardiola's mouth on Calvin Phillips. He has the perfect body now. So sexy. End quote. On Erling Holland, Pep Guardiola says, quote, he can be sharper. End quote. I, I'm sorry. Pep Guardiola, <laughs> man, has lost his fucking gourds. He has Dude. way too much time on his hands. He's got the perfect squad. Now he's just being weird. I love it. Like he's going through his weird era. He's going to start releasing like French noir films. He's going to start talking with like a different accent because he visited a country. He's just being Dude, he's weird, man. His, he's going in, into a mo phase. When he's, you win so much, like <laughs> yeah, you might as well start getting weird. He's like, uh, I don't know what else to do. I think not winning the Champions League of Man City is driving him insane. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. He's and with Bayern, I guess too. Like he just has yeah. gone so long without a Champions League trophy that these domestic trophies are just like. Whatever, I'm going to get fucking weird. Oh, do you want to see me put Ake up the wing? Hell yeah. I am right, going right. to start. Oh, you think I'm going to start Foden? Absolutely not. We're getting Jack. Well, I guess Foden's coming off the England squad. But um, yeah, man, uh, dominant performance from Man City. I would have preferred a loss as an Arsenal fan. But then again, like, let's make it interesting. Uh, one more thing about Holland, just a couple more stats. He has more goals than Chelsea Football Club combined. Um, he is on 20 premier goals. As we said, he only needs 13 more, uh, to break, uh, Mohamed Salah's record, but he still has 23 games left to do so. Um, so defying injury, unless there is a catastrophic injury, I think we can put that as a lock. I wonder what the odds are for the golden boot right now. Like, uh, can you look that up? Yeah, I'm doing it now. It has to be like minus. I I don't know five hundred. Oh, that's it's a lot. It's got to be higher than that. It's got to be higher than that. No, dude. I still think that's a lot because Kane. I I know Kane is at like eleven or twelve. So there's at least someone like uh, I don't know. The gap is so big. So I wonder what the Golden Boot odds are for Erling Holland right now. They have to be Ooh. astronomical. Oh, do you got it? I got it. All right, on Fanduel. This is Fanduel. The okay. odds for sponsor us, uh, Fanduel. <laughs> the odds for Erling Holland winning the Golden Boot right now are, is minus seven hundred. Seven? Okay, I wasn't far off. I, yeah. I said five hundred. So, and you you called it. It was a bit higher. So minus yep. seven hundred. Wow. Harry um, Kane is plus a thousand. Salah is forty four hundred, and Mitrovic is fifty five hundred. Yeah, don't if I guess so minus seven hundred or so you could put a thousand down and just win. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm just trying to think like I've been on a betting cold streak lately and I just got knocked out of my fantasy American football league by some bullshit. Um, so Who I'm trying you? uh, Justin Herbert, we don't have to talk American football, ah. but, but him only getting five points against ah. the fucking Colts. And I lost to our good friend Juggs, who's an Everton fan. So I'm happy they lost. Fuck Everton. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Juggs. I don't want to be mean. I'll be mean when I talk about Everton. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say it. Holland, good. I'm going to say something brave. He's a very good player. <laughs> um, and Man City, even though they had kind of a not, I wouldn't say weird lineup, it's everyone is still very. Uh, a weird a one though it was weird and it's coming back from the world cup and it is kind of surprising that all the big six i guess despite spurs um had a really good showing returning so i guess we can hop over to manchester united versus nottingham forest you want to do that um yeah let's uh brrr, rewind to tuesday uh i mean i, I want to start off with a uh stat 
about Manchester United versus Nottingham Forest. Um, Nottingham Forest has never won a game at Old Trafford. Um, in the five games that Manchester United has played against them in the Premier League, uh, they have been outscored 26 goals to two goals. Um, they have been scored on by the likes of Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes, uh, uh, I almost said Steven Gerrard, um, Bex, Cantona. They've been scored on by every single iconic Manchester United name that you can think of. And now Martial, Rashford, and Fred add their name to the list. Um, I will say, for the first 15 or so uh, minutes, Nottingham Forest looked like they had pretty good control. It was a pretty even game back and forth. Um, a little ventures into our box, a little ventures into their box. But I think the absolute stunner of a goal by Marcus Rashford off of a set play um, corner uh, taken by Christian and Erickson absolutely took all the wind out of their sails. That was a beautiful pass to Marcus uh, Rashford and a pass into the back of the net. And then five minutes later, uh, Anthony Martial uh, doubled the score. After a breakdown down the left-hand side, um, Rashford passes it to the center of the box where Martial passes it to the right-hand side of Wayne, the Nazi, Hennessy. Uh, I think Hennessy definitely could have done, <laughs> done better there. Um, but, you know, a goal is a fucking goal. And after that, it was smooth sailing. And then Fred Fred gets subbed on in like the 75th minute. Fred Dino? Fred Dino gets subbed on in like the 75th minute and you can see all of Manchester United's ability to string passes together just absolutely shatter. And and I, I kept saying negative things about Fred in my head for the next 15 minutes until he fucking scored. Um, so, you know what? Good on you, Fred. Prove me wrong. Yeah, uh, I but, just want to shout out to, I mean, Casemiro just beautifully handled that midfield. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I think, I know Mar- we're going to talk a lot about Tony and Marcus, but Casemiro has been probably your best signing. I agree. Uh, um, I'd say so. And, and you just see so much experience and leadership out there. And Graham Salness, you know, one of our favorite persons to talk to about <laughs> uh, on the pod, had some really dumb quote that came out and said like you know he's always played with great players but he's never been a great player himself and i'm like shut the fuck up graham god talk about a guy who's just stock has just i've just totally fallen off of like the whole thing he had the whole like pogba thing for a while which was a meme like but where was pogba you know um Casemiro is a class act, man. And to also like endure during the whole ronaldo ronnie saga that finally thankfully has come to an end at Manchester United, which I think you are very relieved and many, many chance, you know, you wish him best, you know, wherever he might go uh, in terms, you know, we might talk about that later that he might be going to Saudi Arabia, wherever. Um, but I think Casemiro has just been such a stone wall for you guys, not only in the midfield, but also of just, you know, kind of taking care of leading this team. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I have bitched for essentially six years for a true center defensive midfielder, um, a center defensive midfielder who not only protects the back line, but is also able to link the back line to the attack and in possession based attacking football or even counter attack football. And Casemiro does that job perfectly um, in every single game. And, and I think there is a huge um, step up in attitude as well that Casemiro brings. I mean, you look at some of the tackles that Casemiro goes into, and some of the tackles are just straight up malicious. 
he has no fucking chance of winning the ball, but he knows just like a bruiser in hockey that if, if I fucking put my mark on this game, they aren't going to go into a tackle as hard as hard uh, with me next time. And he immediately does that. And Lissandro Martinez, who was not in the squad uh, this game, also does that shit. And you can see it rubbing off on the likes of Luke Shaw, Diogo Dalo, and even uh, Tiro Malasia. Um, so I just absolutely love what Cass has brought to this squad. I think he's a class act, obviously, and it shows every game. Um, jumping around a little bit, um, I think that Marcus Rashford has hit a, a second fucking win, no doubt about it. I mean, if, if you just look at um, Second his, life, body, yeah. Yeah, his body language from last season compared to this season, how you go back and listen to me bitching about Marcus Rashford having to choose where his priority lies. And it seems like he is wholly and absolutely refreshed. Um, Anthony, I love his movement. I love watching that guy play. Um, the back line it, did pretty good. But- it's cool having Brazilians on your squad, right? You know what? I've always hated Brazilians, but it's pretty fucking cool to have a couple Brazilians on my squad, man. Yeah. Other than Fred. Hate Fred on my squad. Dude, got a goal, baby. You can't deny it. Um, you think Jesse Lingard is watching from the Nottingham Forest bench being like, fuck? That was the only other thing I had to say about this game. Suck every dick, Jesse Lingard. <laughs> <laughs> No, no love, no love. Yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. Burned a couple fucking bridges here, and and you know what? Fucking sink in the mud that you created for bag, yourself, Jesse Lingard. Um, mm. I will oh. say he is like the only Nottingham Forest player I know. I'm sorry, like I know, like uh, was it? Um, I'm looking at the lineup, so I can't even pretend to guess. Uh, Mangala, I kind of know. Bowley, uh, Arier, Dean Hendo. I mean, they've got. Emmanuel Dennis Wayne was Hennessy. fucking dirty all game last Wayne uh, Hennessy, yesterday. Welsh. Oh, they have Nico Williams too, who I know, who I thought would be a great fantasy pickup. Uh, dumb of me, um, but yeah, uh, Manchester United ten the ten hog era looking pretty. So- I like that front attack man, Martial, Rashford, and uh, Bruno Fernandez. Obviously, who had a great World Cup campaign. I thought he was the best Portuguese player during the World Cup. Um, and obviously, he's Anthony, fun, dude. He's, he's, I mean, Bruno Fernandez for all the, he's kind of like, he can be kind of whiny, but like, I kind of like it. (laughs) Exactly. For all the Twitter heads that are, have spent the last two years bitching to just fucking bitch. I mean, he's just a beauty to watch. Like when he has the ball, he's, he's just fun to fucking watch. He's, he's in a system that I think plays off his strengths. Well, he's paired with, I think one of the smartest premier league uh, footballers in, in Ericsson um, in that midfield and that midfield, I mean, Kev, this is the dream midfield I've been asking for. Casemiro, oh, wow. Erickson, and Bruno. That, that, that's my, those are my guys, dude. Those are my dudes. Those are my dogs. And they're kind of like, they have so much, like Erickson has so much experience, Casemiro. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. um, having those two guys behind you, knowing that they know exactly what to do. They've been in these situations before. Um, that That's just so much uh, relief for Bruno, who felt like he was carrying it so much last year. Exactly. And and you look at Bruno's heat map compared to last year to to this year, especially as this 10 hog system has improved. I mean, Bruno used to run around like his head cut off because he was doing the work of three different people in the midfield. He is so much more composed on the ball. He has so much more time. And you know what? Um, Anthony Martial, I, I said it in our group chat uh, a day before the game. If he had more than 70 minutes of game time, uh, this season, I I could make a decision on him. But every time that cat plays, he looks like the perfect striker for this Ten Hog system. 
obviously there's going to be better and better of, 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 of talents out there. But Martial looks smooth in that fucking system. He's silky. I'd love to, very, yeah, very silky. And I'd love to see a string of games. And obviously this is a perfect fucking return to action for uh, my team, Manchester United fans everywhere. Like Kev said, the Ronaldo saga is done, dusted over with. I think for all the drama that could have happened inside the club, I think we avoided the majority of it. So that's fucking fantastic. Um, but yeah, as a United fan, I'm happy with the return to action. And I want to jump to London, baby. Fucking Chelsea versus Bournemouth. Uh, weird game. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a convincing performance by Chelsea. 2-0. Bournemouth didn't really offer too much, to be honest. So I can't really talk too much of the Bournemouth side. Mason Mount and Kai Havertz were the scorers today. And, you know, I feel as though both those players have come over under like some pretty heavy criticism this year. So kind of answering some of the doubters, I suppose. Um, I don't know. I I feel as though they kind of dominated from the beginning of this match and kind of directed the tempo throughout the entire thing. Um, I think the biggest thing that we're going to get to, uh, we can keep talking about the match, but the Reese James like injury is very worrisome, um, and really sad because we both really, really rate Reese James, not only as a player, but as a person seems like a good dude. Um, we considered him probably the best, like attack and defending right back, you know, Trent will get the attacking other people will get the defense, but he felt like the best of both worlds. Um, coming off like a bad knee knock and now possibly injuring that same knee. It looks like he's probably going to be out for the rest. I mean, everything's very tight lip as it always is. There hasn't been any anonymous sources or anything like that have come out. But um, from what we're understanding, it doesn't look good for Reese James, which is if you're a Chelsea fan, that just sucks. Cause you know, a lot of people put him as like the future captain of the squad. Everyone, he's a very beloved player in the Chelsea squad. So um, there have been questions about like the medical staff, like did they put him out too soon? Um, I talked to my one buddy, Seb, um, he's a, phys- he's a, uh, physician, soccer physician. And he said that, you know, the medical staff would probably, you know, okay. They would have done all the protocols and also the player would be pushing saying he's fine and everything like that, Martin. So I don't know. I think it's just really, it just sucks. If you're a Chelsea fan, that just sucks ass because he is very important to this squad going forward. Yeah, and and like Kev said, uh, obviously when you get to the list, this level of gameplay, I mean, of course the player is going to want to play. Uh, that's all he wants to do. He he wants to play, and you know, for muscular injuries, you know, certain certain people can come back at, at certain times, um, depending on on how well they recover. And you know, this kind of goes back to uh, something that I constantly make fun of is Klopp's consistent bitching of. Uh, of of just the insane schedule that we have nowadays and nowadays and and the fatigue that is uh related to that and i think you know uh he was probably rushed back a bit too early to go train with england and and try to make the england squad in in qatar he was probably rushed back um before this game here against bournemouth but i think it was a decision that every side came to. I think everybody agreed that he wanted to play. He was good to play. And this is just one of those things where he probably, um, you know, overextended by a millimeter and tweaked it again. And now the worst case scenario is upon us. Um, But I do think that 
in the years prior to this, before we had all of these interruptions, whether it's through COVID, whether it's through Euros or whether it's through World Cup, I kind of dismissed Jurgen Klopp's um, complaints about uh, the schedule. But at this point where we are playing 68 games minimum um, a season uh, with interruptions, with flight lag, with with the World Cup, with all these tournaments, Europe. all these yeah, with all these useless tournaments as well. I'm looking at you, Carabao Cup, Nations League, etc. Um, can we be it, an anti? Like, I don't want to cover Carabao Cup anymore. Fuck no, I'm I, done. I fucking care less about that shit. I mean, well, I guess set, it's, I think it's. I don't think it's even called the Carabao Cup. That's how I, I was about to. I, I was about to uh, bring it up. I was like, wait, didn't they fucking change it or is Carabao their new name? No, I, no, no. I, I think it's just the League Cup now. I think they change it back and okay. Um. I just don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck because it's a it's a double edged sword, Martin. Like if you win it, everyone goes like, "Wow, here's your Mickey Mouse cup." No one gives a fuck. If you get knocked out of it, everyone goes, "Oh, I can't believe you lost in the Mickey Mouse tournament." Exactly. You're damned if you're due. The the only one that has validity to me is the FA Cup, which has lost so much prestige and myth mythicism or whatever has lost a lot of its like you know. Uh, respect over the past couple years and i still give it some respect um but it's not as what it used to be like it's back in the day like even a few years ago with arsenal like you won the fa cup it was a good season now it's like absolutely now it's like cool because usually you'd be going up against a team that won the premier league or whatever like when arsenal beat chelsea with antonio conte's side years ago um that was sick i was like oh now arsene wenger should retire and he didn't, and he stayed on another year. <laughs> who we, who we saw proved to be costly. Who we saw this weekend? They, who we saw? He made his first return to the Emirates. I, I, I we can get to that game, um, but it was nice seeing Arsene Wenger this weekend. Yeah, I, I had, uh, I, I had no idea that this was his first time back in the Emirates since his uh, pretty horrific uh, dismissal with you guys. Um, but what a fucking return it was. I mean, Arteta, obviously, without uh, Baby J, Gabrielle Jesus, um, and still flying high. I think Kevin and I talked about this before the pod, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it, let Kevin fucking explode on it. But Niketia, he seems, for me, to be y'all's Martial. Like, uh, unproven, kind of fucking weird, probably not the best, but okay. He's okay. He's doing it. Right, right. And I just want to give so much props to what Arsenal has done for my mental health recently. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just want to yeah. because like when we were down one nil in the first half, which I felt as though we dominated that first half uh, with possession, beautiful passing. And I even said to you, we did the classic, uh, you know, uh, the thing about Arsenal is they always try to walk it in and we are doing a little too many touches in the box. And I just kept shoot, shoot. You're right there. Um let it be known that I am not, I'm an idiot. I should never be a manager of a football team uh, because in the second half, they just did that. <laughs> they were like, okay, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and not only dominate, we're going to put up three goals. Um, unbelievable goal by Saka Martinelli. And then the turn, the absolute disgusting turn by Eddie Niketia, Eddie, mm. the fucking Eagle. Mm. Um, <laughs> just, it's, it was just what I meant by like, what is done from a mental health is that even though we are one nil down at the half, I kind of didn't have a doubt that we were going to win this game. And that sounds cocky, but the way we played in that first half, the way I know how we can get goals, even without Gabriel Jesus, who hasn't really been our main goal scorer. I mean, it's mostly been like Odegaard has scored, scored a ton. Odegaard, who, again, phenomenal match for him as well in the midfield, um, just dictating the play, his passes, just unbelievable. But um, it really feels as though um, 
Arteta is letting his guys cook like that goal by Gabriel Martinelli, um, who, you know, didn't have the best World Cup show. He was mostly on the bench, had a few sub appearances, but played well when he was on the pitch. Um, Gabby, oh, my God, like the fact that he took that shot instead of passing. I was so proud of him because I feel like Arteta is just like, no, no, no. In that situation, I know we normally pass, but I trust you. <laughs> I want you to fucking just go for it. And I feel like more of the players are and it's giving them more confidence. And I felt like that goal for Niketa, he needed that confidence. He needed that goal. Um, unbelievable second half that I think, you know, West Ham had their chances. It was kind of a weirdly officiated game, but that's going to happen. Uh, when you know who is the officiate. Um, but overall, I just thought, like, what a way to come back to the Premier League. Uh, there are some real questions over this West Ham side now, Martin. Like, I, I really think that it's starting to get into that. I don't think it's dire, but I think there are going to be some real questions about David Moyes that even before the World Cup that we were kind of saying, but definitely now, especially after how they performed in that second half. Yeah, uh, so a little fun tidbit uh, about it, but David Moyes' biggest enemy would appear to be Arsenal. Um, David Moyes has lost 15 Premier League away games to Arsenal, um, and that is a record amount of losses against one specific opponent. So uh, I bet you, wow. the hammer, yeah, I bet you the Hammers are hoping it was just a a really shit day in the shit office for David Moyes's. Um, but yeah, we were we were talking about Devin Moyes. We were talking about this incredible fall from grace that West Ham is experiencing uh, before the World Cup even started. And I think that right now a lot of alarm bells are ringing because while they did improve their squad in the summer with a couple acquisitions, uh, namely Lucas Paqueta, um, I still think this squad is is basically the squad that they had last year and the year prior to that, where they were on that rising crescendo of form. Um, Jared Bowen, Thomas Suchek, uh, you got Dawson, uh, Kufau, Declan Rice. Also, got, Su- Suchek has fallen off a cliff, man. Right. He is this, not good. Yeah, and, and so you've got all these super talented players of yesteryear just not performing their bread and butter. So I don't know if it's a David Moyes' thing. Maybe he's lost the locker room, but this team on paper on paper should be doing so much better than they are. So tons of fucking questions for the Hammersmith. I, Ta- uh, sorry, I, I just wanted to say real quick, like they were trying to play counterattacking football against a heavily dominant uh, possession-based team like Arsenal. Um, and your counter guy is Antonio? Like, that's what I mean. Like, Antonio is your counterattacking threat. I just don't feel threatened by that. Like, I, no. I don't. I, I don't feel any like when if that is your game plan going in, like I feel as though they soaked up possession and like in the first half, they did what they were supposed to do. They're winning one nil Martin, but they were just eventually that dam is going to break and you need to change up your tactics. And then they just let Arsenal just feast on them. Yeah. And and that that unfortunately appears to be how this West Ham uh, team is performing throughout the league um, where they do look good, absolutely in flashes. Good periods of the game, they look good. But I, I don't know if it's because they think they're too big for the britches. I don't think, uh, I don't know if it's because Dave, David Moyes is refusing to change his tactics because he thinks he's one of the big sluggers now. But there is a absolute problem in not just the performances performances in the game, but the, uh, the wrangling of the game. If you are up 1-0 against Arsenal, you put 10 men behind the ball and sit there. 
you fucking sit there and maybe you sit one man up, but you absorb as much pressure as you can. You take those balls all the way to the corner flags and you waste time. You don't try and big dick Arteta. It's just not going to work. It's it's It just does not make sense from a tactical standpoint what this West Ham team keeps on fucking doing. And you know what? I, I rate Lucas Fabianski. I think he's a fantastic goalkeeper. But I think Areola is the goalkeeper that needs to be playing. He is better with his feet. We Absolute. have seen him in, oh, yes. in the Premier League. He is a fantastic fucking goalkeeper in the Premier League. I do not understand why he is not playing. Um, Kevin brought up uh, um, Mikel Antonio. Again, I don't understand playing a player that has piss poor form. Um, put in Manuel uh, Lanzini for God's sakes. I know he's an old man, but at least he's going to fucking try his heart out. Fucking put in Emerson Palmieri and get a little bit more out of your defense than Aaron Cresswell and, and Kufol because they are doing jack all right now. And Declan Rice, what a fucking stinker of a season he's having, man. Displaced on the international level and looking like average ass on West Ham. Yeah, there's some spots that look so good, and then others, like you said, are just like, I don't understand. Like, Kufal just, that just boggles me. Like, I, I just don't understand where he just got turned inside out the entire match. Mm-hmm. Even when the, even when they were winning, like, you could just see the goals coming for Arsenal the entire time, and it just felt as though, like, nothing tactically really changed when they knew how much pressure the Gunners were putting on them. So, I don't know. Arsenal back... Uh, not back still top still. of the table still at the top Number of the one. table uh going to go into the new year uh well hold on yeah i guess so yeah because it, it they'd still man city have to win two matches probably to mm-hmm. be top of the table. so going into the new year still top of the table so we'll see um i i will officially state it and i definitely think this is true uh <sighs> i think they are title contenders I think easily, and I think I just want to put that statement out there because I feel like there are still people who have doubts about this Arsenal side and how good they are playing. I know the looming Undertaker meme behind me (laughs) is Erling Holland and Man City um, and now possibly Newcastle, which we'll get to. Um, But man, I truly haven't felt as though Arsenal have been title contenders since that Leicester City winning 2015 side, Martin. And it's pretty incredible to feel that way going into the new year. It's one thing to say it in the first couple months, but to be this far in, like, this is awesome. So I do not, trust me, trust me, trust me. I do not want to rain on your parade. Go but ahead. I think I think the one of the massive fucking problems I'm having with this season right now is that we are at game week, uh, game week 15, game week 16, or we're going into game week 17. So we are not even halfway through the Premier League right now. Um, if we did not have an interrupted season, we would be in November 2nd of the calendar year. I just, I am horrified at how much football we have left to play. I'm, I, I, I'm straight up genuinely horrified about how much football we have. Um, we still have, uh 18 games left to play for the majority of the clubs we still have uh two more games to get halfway um so there's a lot of football left to play um right now so far through 15 games i love what arsenal is doing i think they are the most consistent team i think that they have had their trials they have had their um issues that they have all overcome um right now arsenal is my top pick 
um, to win. I have no problem saying I'd love to see an Arsenal versus City game. And I might even bet on Arsenal winning that game. Yeah, they still haven't played each other, which is the biggest thing. Right, right, right. And I'm pretty sure you guys play each other in like two weeks or something. Fuck. <laughs> but it, it's going to be fucking no. crazy. I mean, we've got so much fucking left. I mean, we're sitting at, realistically, we're sitting at the beginning this of is what it right now. This is what it was like to be a Liverpool fan the past couple of years, hasn't it? Wow. Yeah. That, it, that it, it's going to come down to the matchup between you two, which is exciting. Um, I hate it. I've told many people before, like if my team's playing, I hope they always win like four or five nil. Like I, oh, yeah, I, I don't want a close game. Fuck I a hate, close game. I hate close as a neutral. I love close games. If it's my team, I hope it's always a blowout. Be it the Eagles, the Sixers, Arsenal, whoever it might be. Um, okay, uh, let's move on to. I guess this is our Boxing Day recap. Happy Boxing Day. We made Happy it. Happy Boxing Day. It was pretty crazy how quick like we went from World Cup right to Boxing Day. It was kind of like a blur, like a blur. <laughs> like, like, whoa, wait, whoa. Um, where do, which match do you want to start with on Boxing Day? There's a lot to go through. Uh, we can start with Newcastle uh, beating the shit out of Leicester and Brendan Rodgers' side, which, again, I put too much faith in the Brendan Rodgers. I, think, I don't think I picked them, but I thought they put up a fight, but... Uh, Newcastle absolutely dominating 3-0. Almiron has now, I think, eight goals in nine matches. The guy is on fucking fire, Martin. Chris Wood scored. I mean, as soon as Chris Wood got a penalty in the third minute, this game was over. Um, And then Joel Linton putting the cherry on top in the 32nd minute. I had no confidence in Leicester scoring a goal in this match. No, and I think that... Again, uh, we're looking at a David Moyes situation. Uh, look at Leicester's past uh, two, three years. They have been doing so well and, and getting stopped short just of fourth place, just before European qualification, um, failing to get it on um, two of the last three years in the final day of the season. And it genuinely looks like all of the shortcomings have hit Leicester heavy and freaking hard. Um, all of their purchases, um, their transfers just do not seem to be uh, doing very well in, in the squad. Uh, and all of the, the sales that they have, have done seems to have completely depleted them. Obviously, they still have awesome players on their squad, like Luke Thomas, like Yuri Telemans, like Drewsbury Hall, and like Harvey Barnes, and hell, even uh, Castagna. But this team as a whole is shit. It is not doing well, and I think we are closer to the fucking trigger than we are with uh, David Moyes. I, I think right now, right here, Leicester City has to be like, look, we, we can't. We can't. We've, we've obviously seen the best of Brendan Rodgers, and he did so fucking well. But at this stage, dude, we got to part ways. We can't keep doing this shit. Yeah, it's always very you know telling how a manager gets you set up for the match because for me – Newcastle came out balls blazing. They came out ready to fight, and it was 3-0 after I blinked, Martin. It was 3-0 at like the 30-something minute mark. I It's absolutely incredible. Newcastle came to play. Everyone was saying like, oh, Newcastle, you know, like the oil money, whatever, and stuff like that. They've been getting kind of like trash talk at the beginning of the season, and they just keep winning, Martin. They were in second place behind Arsenal up till Man City won uh, today. They were second place in the Premier League going into the new year. Yeah, at a, you know, it's, at a it's moment, crazy. that's nuts. Yeah, it's it's crazy what five new players will do 
uh, six new players <laughs> will do for your squad and a new manager. Uh, it's, it's crazy what money will do. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't but yeah. always work. There's tons of teams that get tons of new players that come in and then they suck dick. Yeah, I mean... Manchester United, <laughs> for I, example. <laughs> yeah, but if you can name me an oil club that has failed in the past 10 years, I'll fucking... I'll, I'll, I'll buy us Arsenal tickets. Um, early Man City wasn't great. Early Man City... Adebayor, to, uh They still won the league in 2013. No, before that, Pelagrino. before that, like the 2010 to like 2013, they were so yeah, because they were taking a League One squad and turning it into champions. It doesn't happen overnight most of the time. But they, they but were I still think, fucking good. But no, my, my my point is okay, <laughs> is that they are way ahead of schedule. I think they found the manager who's going to lead them into what whatever Newcastle fans' expectations are for the promised land. And to be honest, like if I am uh. So, like, what, what would be the hottest take from this result? The hottest take would be, like, Newcastle is going to be in Champions League football next year. That would be the hottest. That's not my take, but that is a take that's been going around right now. I don't see it yet because I think Liverpool and Chelsea still have more quality. I don't know if the, the managing is as, as good. But, like, if we're doing top four right now, uh, we'll say Arsenal City 1A, 1B. Who's third and fourth? It's not Newcastle. Okay. okay. Uh, who, who is it? It's Liverpool and United. Liverpool and or United. Liverpool okay. And, and then Tottenham and then Chelsea and then Newcastle. So Newcastle is coming in seventh. Newcastle is the new fucking West Ham. Newcastle is the new Leicester. I, but I feel like I've seen more promise than them at moments. I, I think I, we got to go back to the fact that we are 15 games into the season. We aren't halfway. But I feel like that's we enough. Are... There, there's a lot of matches that have been played. We've seen a lot of different, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying. It's still like we're only like a third of the season. We're almost at the halfway point. But I feel like that's a pretty good mark to say like who we think these teams are. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know what? Of Of the big top six teams that Newcastle has played, they have tied two and, and, and won one. So, I mean, their, their record against the top six isn't, isn't bad at all. It, it certainly shows the amount of improvement that they have made. I mean, for God's sakes, Kevin, you're absolutely right. We go fucking last year and we look at who they really are as a club. They're fucking relegation fodder. They were sitting in 18th fucking absolutely. Place. That's That's who they are. That's 2021 Newcastle and 2022 yeah. are like night and day. You're absolutely fucking right. You're, I, I don't know why I didn't fucking think of this sooner. Yeah, they, they, I forgot who Newcastle actually was. You, you guys are actually absolute dog shit. Um, so yeah, uh, you guys are now pretty fucking good. And I hope okay, that out, out of the top it. six, who could they beat out? I could see them beating out maybe Chelsea, Chelsea, and then yeah. <laughs> maybe. I can't say Tottenham because I, 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 I think Tottenham has more talent and I like Antonio I Conte. Too. I like yeah. Antonio Conte way more than Graham Potter. I do too. I, 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 don't, think that's a, I, I, I don't think that's a hot take. Um, so, okay. All right. Yeah. Newcastle. Do, doing, doing great. Um, let's move over to Liverpool versus Aston Villa. And I guess we should open up the Liverpool news as they have picked up Gakpo. Mm, um, wow, at, that was quick, dude. That was stupid quick. That happened in less than three hours, I believe. 
Yeah, um, an interesting pickup. He had a great World Cup run with the Netherlands. Um, they have a lot of attackers. Um, I just want to put it out there. They now have, you know, Salah, uh, Darwin Nunez, who we'll get to in this game, who was probably, if you're a Liverpool fan, the most frustrating player you've ever seen in your life. Um, you also have Jota. You also have... Um, Oh my God. Sorry. I was just looking at their lineup that they played for this game. It's crazy that they played Oxlade Chamberlain. Yeah, it, is. <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah. I and think they started Danny him brought at, that up. Yeah. They, they started him at left wing, but anywho, um, they have a lot, a lot of attackers uh, on this side right now. And I guess they're still trying to find their Sadio Mane cure since he's left. Um, but yeah. What do you make of the acquisition of Gakbo? Yeah. I mean, I all, all all I've heard from Liverpool fans is how they need a midfielder, but this squad I I look it up and down and it's, it's I mean it's a damn good fucking squad I, I I think this is one of those squads where every person you add is a surplus an improvement over somebody else and I I genuinely think you know if everybody is he- healthy uh, between Lucas Diaz and uh, oh Diego yeah so they have Jota, Lewis. They have Jota, Luis Diaz, yeah. for me, Firmino still on the squad. I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of attack on this team still, and I'm just like, I I never felt as though Liverpool's attack was the issue. I feel like as we said many times, like the midfield is not great. I mean, Thiago yeah. has put in his stint, Fabinho's put in his stint, but you're still playing Jordan Henderson, who actually had a pretty good world. I mean, he actually did very well for England in the World Cup, but um, the the midfield has a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that they are absolutely compromised on the right-hand side of the field as well. So I, I would have thought a center defensive midfielder to replace Fabinho either at the end of this season or, or whenever would have been their the successor. First but I, I do understand at the same time, Gakpo, I think, is going to be a brilliant signing. I think Gakpo is uh, is absolutely worth every penny that they sold. Um, he had his suitors in the summer. He had a great start to the Eredivisie, um, and he obviously had a great World Cup. Uh, I don't think that they're going to get scammed by Cody Gakpo. I think he's going to do well. Uh, I think he works great as a winger as and as a center forward. The only problem for me is he plays the exact same position Mohamed Salah does. Um, so I don't know why they wouldn't have gotten a left winger, but hell, what, what the fuck do I know? Um, but let's get down to the fucking nitty-gritty. Uh, all Darwin Nunez is, is a Portuguese Timo Werner. And if he played for Chelsea, (laughs) if he played for Chelsea, if he played for Manchester United, or if he played for Manchester City, everybody would be losing his mind telling us how absolute dog shit he is. But in this case, all you see is people saying, oh, he's he's, he's a fantastic runner. All he's got to work on is finishing. He's in all the right places. If If you look at him, He's a great soccer player. He just needs to learn how to finish. Timo Werner, man, I wish people fucking treated him like this. Fucking Darwin and Flop City, $90 million fucking flop. Uh, It's still, again, as you have said, it's early. He also looks great. I think he looks great. (laughs) He is in all the right positions. Um, He is working harder than everyone else on the pit. Um, He is in the right positions. He is playing beautifully. It's just the goal scoring. It's just finishing. Really bad. Which, again, I think will come. 
I think it will come. I think it would just be nice if he had <laughs> the goals. If he had the goals, I'd be like, he might be in my top five players in the Premier League this season. But right, the goals, right. the goals are not coming. And again, like Liverpool fans would be like, are you seeing what he's doing out there on the pitch? I'm like, yes, I am. But like he's really good. <laughs> but like, you know, it'd also be nice. <laughs> The goals. So yeah, wingers can get away without scoring a lot of goals. Midfielders, obviously, you can get away with scoring like eight, ten goals in in a season. But my man's a center forward. Y- um, y- you gotta score. Yeah, unless so you're was- fucking uh, what's his name in the World Cup in 2018, then don't score at all, Drew. Oh right, yeah. I maybe he shouldn't have scored during this World Cup. They would have won. Smart. Smart. Nobody ever talks about that. Drew should have scored less. Oh, he got the record for the most French France goal scorer. Huh. I can't talk. But hmm. at cost what it, cost? What cost, did it cost you? Showed up to the final, played like shit. I'm sorry, he did. <laughs> like him and Dembele played like fucking shit. Um, Dembele, if you get subbed off in the 30th minute, you're you're doing some real fucking bad lad. Uh, Deschamps was scrambling. <laughs> he was like, "Oh God, what's going on?" Mbappe, you need to do everything right now. I love. Uh, I love how none of the Argentinian players are back. Like not a single fucking one. They're all fucking. Well, drunk. Aston Villa could have really used Emmy Martinez back. Yes. Um, Oh, dude, he's gone. He's, have you heard all the fucking shit about Emmy Martinez? FIFA's rescinding their Golden Glove. Apparently, uh, what's his name? The Vampire has taken one look at the uh, antics of Emmy Martinez and said, I don't want him in the club. And apparently, the reason you guys sold Unai? him is. Be- yeah. And apparently, the reason you guys sold him is because he was a complete jackass. Apparently, oh. he's been this rude fucking asshole his entire fucking life, which. Totally tracks. Totally makes sense. No, but that's yeah. <laughs> awesome. He's, I mean, he's a complete psychopath. And yeah, yeah. When he saved that goal and shimmied during the penalties against France, I was like, it was weird. It was weird. It was creepy. It was. It wasn't creepy. It was just like so. Um, I I don't even know what the word. Just like the the boldness, the absolute just fucking balls on this guy, um, which at the time was like awesome, but kind of like look like there's a lot of hindsight with Emmy Martinez where I was like, yeah, shit, Housery King, this is awesome. Yeah. Where I'm I'm going back <laughs> and being like, all right, man, ch- chill out. It's like the guy yeah. who's done, we've all been at the party with the guy who's done a little too much coke, and right, right. it feels like Emmy is the guy who's uh, done a bit has had a few too many key bumps. And I will say, I will say that. Like of all the goalkeepers that try and rattle opponents taking penalties, like all of their tactics would not bother anybody in the world. But Emmy Martinez, yeah, that I could see how he gets under your skin. I could see how many people (laughs) fucking miss. Dude, it's like uh, Oliver Kahn is being like, hell yeah. Like Kahn is sitting behind him being like, brother. Yeah, go watch. Or whatever the German name is for brother. Um, Bruder. Bruda, Bruda, uh, <laughs> butter, but yeah, Liverpool absolutely just smashed. I thought Unai Emery would have had like you know had been like cooking in the fucking van the whole time for Liverpool. Would be like, ha, this was like one of the ones where I thought could have been a sneaky upset because Unai Emery does that all the time. He'll like he does. He, he will prep for this game whatsoever, and honestly, like Liverpool handled business. Virgil Van Dyke also had a great goal in this in the box. Like the ball fell to him and had like a real nice. Um, like strikers finish. So yeah, Liverpool getting back on track as much as we talk shit 
or Darwin Nunez. And if he was a shooter, Tupac might be alive, whatever the <laughs> memes, the memes continue. Um, but yeah, no, uh, let's move on to Tot- Tottenham versus Brentford, uh, a disappointing draw, but they did come back um, from two nil down. Harry Kane back on the Harry Kane is still scoring, by the way. I just want to let people know Harry Kane, any other season would be the front runner <laughs> for the golden boot. I think right. he's at like, I think he's at like 12 goals, which would yeah, be is a, it number two, I believe he's definitely at number two. Um, but it doesn't matter because Erling Holland is running away with it. Uh, also, Ivan Tony would also be in the golden boot race, which I guess we haven't really talked about Ivan Tony having more uh, betting scandals being released about him during the world cup, which, and he's still playing. Yeah. I was like, I didn't want him to be punished, but I didn't think he was going to play. Yeah. I thought he had to answer his summons like right as the World Cup started. And uh, you know what? If they sweep this one under the rug, this is going to be like the only time I'm like, you know what? FA, you're okay. You're okay. He's because, sponsored by a fucking betting company. Like, yeah. I don't... I, we, and obviously, he's not betting on himself. And if he's betting on himself, that's just confidence. And <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see what the problem is here. I, I really don't. If he's betting on himself to win, then absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah. And if he's betting on himself to lose and he's still scoring goals, he's obviously still trying. So I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I might have fucking lost. Let's not yeah, punish him. I don't need to look at the Donahue tape to understand. Uh, also, Tony. I, also, like if you're a fantasy, like if you're really into fantasy Premier League, which I am for the first half of the season, like always, but like always, I'm already I, out. <laughs> yeah, I already don't give a shit. Um, but keep following it in the last league, <laughs> please <laughs> continue. Um. But like, if you're a fantasy owner in uh, and Ivan Tony puts up a lot of points, he scored in this game. Um, put you know, uh, Brentford two nil up. But I thought Brentford had a great game plan going into it. It's actually unfortunate they lost this. Um, but if you're a fantasy owner, do you keep Ivan Tony? Like, what if like three weeks from now he's just gone? Especially if you're in like fantasy draft league where you drafted him. I feel like we're gonna get some type of fucking warning. Like one 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 weekend no. he's not. <laughs> one weekend he's just not gonna be there, and nobody's gonna fucking say anything. And Ivan Tony's just gone. I feel I feel like we have to have some warning. We gotta have like a week warning to get rid of Ivan Tony on fantasy. Um, I I will say though, it is super weird. Like if Ivan Tony gets banned, which he probably will end up getting bad banned, it's super fucking weird that Ivan Tony would get banned. But Thomas Partey is just fucking chilling and playing on the best team in the league. The FA has no fucking consistency at all. As the season's gone on, and again, I've said my piece about Thomas Partey. If he he has done what he's done, he's a piece of shit. I hope he rots in jail forever. So far, he plays for my team, and it fucking kind of sucks because I have to root for my team to win, and he's a part of us winning. He's actually a very vital part. A big of our, part, yeah. A big part. He's a very great at him and Jaka have a perfect partnership, and I don't want to get back into Arsenal. We kind of covered them earlier, but him, Jaka, and Odegaard make a great combo. And because of it's like because it's like circumstantial, and because of it's like I again, well, I don't I mean, think we. Uh, it was like because of like different borders and foreign laws and stuff like that. Thomas Partey kind of got through on a loophole, I guess we can say. <laughs> um, allegedly, again, all of this is alleged, whatever. Um, 
But anyway, Thomas, I, I've had several friends of mine, especially my one friend, Brian, I'll shout out, who's been on the pod, uh, who's a West Ham fan. He's like, I keep looking at Thomas Partey and I keep getting more and more pissed off. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to say. You know, it's hard when you have a player like at least with your club of Man United, they handled Greenwood and they were like, yep, you're done. Go to jail. Like not, not Man United. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a one man- time United did good. <laughs> yeah, not, not with the years of like, you know, uh, Giggsy or any of those. <laughs> hey, he never fucking did that. He just had sexual relations with his brother's wife. Yeah, boy, I think he's had other stuff come out recently, too. That's not been great. That was all after. But yeah, yeah. well, not during the time. I, I'm just trying yeah. to make a joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, but... no, no, no. Fuck. Ba-bum. We're, we're did not awkward, land. We're no, no. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. I was just imagining, uh, just like, no, no. My thing was, I was imagining like Manchester United police, like player, like people dressed in Manchester United uniforms, but they had like a badge and they're like, right to jail. I <laughs> just started taking them. <laughs> my first thought was uh, Manchester United police is Scott McTominay and Harry Maguire. Just with name tags. <laughs> Mr. Officer. Um, <laughs> but, okay. Anyway, Brentford Tottenham, um, as we were oh, talking shit, about. Yeah. Um, disappointing comeback, but again, it was a pretty fully stats lineup for Tottenham, though, man. You had Son, Kane, Kozeski, Parisish, Hojberg, who we love, Basuma. Um, I guess we can also say Basuma, uh, you know. <laughs> mm, yeah, another. Uh, uh, but... Pretty disappointing, but Brentford came out to play, man. They came out to fucking play. Ivan Tony probably been hearing about all this shit, all the memes that have been posted. Came out to be like, "Yep, I'm still here, motherfuckers." So yeah, I mean, fucking Tottenham is is for. I feel like we've talked bad about their tactics, and I feel like we've talked about all their losses, but they are still in fourth place. They are still three points behind. Um, what's that? Oh, club? What's that? Oil Club. Oh, uh, Newcastle. Um, there are three points behind Newcastle with uh with they're even on games. Fucking fifth place is four four <laughs> points behind Newcastle, uh with one game in hand. Liverpool is five points behind uh Newcastle with a game in hand. So this this top three through six is super tight still. And while I'm on this uh counting cards fucking mission and doing math in my head, I, I'd be remiss not to fucking talk about twentieth through fourth. I'm sorry, twentieth through thirteenth place. It is separated by four freaking points. So for all this talk about yeah. how everybody's getting in a rhythm, everybody's fucking close. This shit can change like that. I don't think anybody has built out a gap that they can be comfortable in at this point. So for every loss that happens, your fortunes can be completely turned over next week, at least, you know, in, in those two categories. And biggest, at, you know, you know, it's the craziest stat I'm looking at is that Newcastle has a goal differential of plus 21 and then it completely falls off like Arsenal plus 24, Man City plus 28, Newcastle plus 21 and then Tottenham plus 10. That's nuts. That's oh, why I think that's why I think we got to take Newcastle seriously. And I thought of a really bad joke. Um, And it's when Newcastle now has the new oil money. Can we refer to the time before that as old castle? Hmm. Mm, I remember see. Old Castle. <laughs> nope, you can't can't be doing that. Um, okay, let's move on to <laughs> let's transition out of that. Um, <laughs> let's see. Any other games you want to cover? I guess Fulham beating the shit out of Crystal Palace. Who cares? Ooh, Everton fucking up against Wolves in a last minute goal. I mean, Frank. In terms of the hottest seat, it has to be Frank Lampard, right? 
Oh shit! For me, the hottest seat is uh, but um, Brendan Rogers. Well, I guess you go Southampton, but I mean, like Wolves really needed this. They got a full three points from this. They went from ten points to three points. I mean, that got them out of the bottom of the table. Yeah, and uh, and you know that kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, how close everything is down there, and Everton. I mean, I could have fucking sworn Everton was in the relegation zone. They're sitting one point in safety. West Ham is sitting even on points on with Everton. You know, well, I think it's dog shit. Yeah. Uh, we talk so nice about West Ham, but Everton yeah, right. dog shit. And and they're even on fucking points. So I think the binos, the microscope has to be on David Moyes for the hottest seat in the fucking Premier League. I mean, you're ever you're even with Everton and Frank Lampard. That's that's bad news, Bears. Pretty bad news, Bears. And then Brighton, again, no Graham Potter, no problem. 3-1 victory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sitting a point behind Liverpool right now. And you know what? I, I absolutely fucking love this Brighton squad. I think that uh, McAllister, we've talked about this in our World Cup podcast, had a brilliant fucking World Cup. Obviously won the World Cup with Argentina. But that's the tip of the iceberg talent um, with, with uh, the Brighton Seagulls, the gay Seagulls. And I love this squad. It obviously seems that the squad was the main reason for their success, not the manager. So I'm loving the system, baby. It's all about the system. It's Um, about the birds. The birds are in charge. um, Okay. Well, we have some fan questions, Mario, and we'll wrap this baby up. Um, You ready? Hit it. All right. From our Instagram, make sure to follow us at Lads Podcast. Um, First question comes from. underscore off-white underscore alex he says how do you rate nunez um i would numerically probably, i, numerically I guess, or or what we'll give him a letter grade i would say like a b minus i'd give him just about that b minus and c plus 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 yeah i think he's in like the 79 to 83 range yep yeah. Um, yep. If I were to FIFA, I mean, he's probably way higher in FIFA because of pay. Like his his skill is of that of like a probably like higher B plus. But like what I've been seeing on the the lack of goals in the big chances missed. It's the big chances missed, Martin. Like I think he is the player with the most big chances missed. And like you said, we are doing the same thing to Timo Warner. And if we're not doing it to Darwin Nunez, like feels a bit unfair. Yeah, um, and, and and that's it for me because. Like I, uh, we obviously made jokes and shit, but he does pass the eye test. He he does. If you watch the matches, the right, yes, yeah, he he does make all the right runs. He gets himself into the perfect positions. It's just that final, yet very 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 important part of his skill set is is missing. It's um, not even the final third. Like I've seen players get into the final third, right? And go, right. And for like uh, Rashford last year or Adama mm-hmm. Traore, I've mm-hmm. seen players. He even gets past that. Like, yeah, and it's his it, last one percent. It's his last kick of the ball. That's the problem. His if you're last Liverpool, one. And if you're a Liverpool fan, it must be so frustrating. I'm so sorry. Um, <sighs> okay, next so, question. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just uh, doubling down on our. B minus 79 to 82 ish rating. That's that's what I that think seems fair. It's fair. And it's still very early in the Premier League. That can obviously go higher or lower. I feel definitely I feel good saying it'll go higher. Yeah. And it's uh, also he's 23 years old. So he's got plenty of fucking time, time lads. Yeah. Um, and he also has one of the best managers in the world, Jurgen Klopp, right, the, right. the mold him. So 
Uh, next question comes from Griggs JC. He says, who is the best Frenchman in the EPL? Ooh. Ooh. Good question. Ooh. Okay, here's a weird one. Meslei. Mm. Leeds goalkeeper. That is a great shout. Wow. You rate him higher than Captain Lloris? For his potential, yes. Higher potential. Okay. Uh, Kunate should get a shout after his World Cup debut. This was, that was really- uh, this was his first time he was playing good. Remember, he's fourth string on Liverpool. I think you know? he should probably be, I think he should be bumped up. I, I after this, absolutely. But if we're looking at the best overall player, I cannot put Kanate there in, in good conscience. Hell, we didn't to... even fucking play <laughs> today or yesterday. Two well, I mean, ago. he's probably still rested from the World Cup, even if he was, you know. Um, maybe I mean, like is the Nagolo Kante era over? Very much so. No, I said that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that really hurts because I love him. He's one of the most lovable, likable players in the Premier League. And I just feel like I haven't seen him forever. And when I do see For him, a while. Like, and when yeah. I do see him, he's not fully fit. That hurts because like Nicolo Conte was a, the mo- he was a, a revelation. That's not the right word, but he was just such a great guy to have in the Premier League. Super likable. Even if you fucking hated Chelsea's guts as you know, as I have and other people have, like, I always liked Nagolo Conte, man. Always liked him. He's just I've such got, a good dude. I've got one more shout that I, I'm going to put out there. I'm going to put, he was not picked by France for this uh, tournament. Uh, Elaine St. Maxim. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tony Martial. Eh, no. No. I, like I said, like I've been saying for the past, like, week, let me see two games, three games in a row by Tony Martial, and then I can fucking judge him. But are, there not over that the past, many, are there not that many Frenchmen in the Premier League no, right now? No. Off the top of my head, I can think of Decore, Hugo, uh, Decore, Hugo, uh, Neil Mappe, and that's pushing it, and Anthony Martial, uh, Meslier, who I just brought up. No um, Arsenal players. No. Veron, Veron, Veron. Oh, yeah, I guess we have to say Veron. That's easy. Yeah. Veron, Veron. But he hasn't like easy. I feel like I see him like every other game. You know what I mean? Like in, in not this France. season. He's only missed like two, three games for us. Um, oh, uh, I, I think... guess the, the World Cup is totally called like a blur. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I've had to get re uh accumulate accumulated. Acclimated. I said like almost said like I'm mutilated. I had to get yeah. mutilated. <laughs> I think you I think you mixed up accumulated, mutilated, and acclimated. <laughs> Sometimes you have to get mutilated to get acclimated with the mm-hmm. situation. Uh some horror movies. Um next question comes from Ayub Anane. He says Newcastle will be playing Champions League next said next season instead of Liverpool, Man United, and Chelsea. Hot take. No. I say out of those three, Chelsea. Oh, who who they beat out? Yeah, I'd say Chelsea too. I'd say Chelsea too, but uh, you're okay, still are not we saying the Champions League. Newcastle guaranteed Europa League spot? What is Europa up to? Sixth? I can never fucking remember. It's so sixth, it's isn't six, it? And then but then after seventh that, has a playoff. No, no, no. Seventh has the new league. Oh, God. Fuck. I hate all these new things. Um... It's like the Europa Conference League or something. It's something stupid. They'll get the Europa Conference League for sure. Seventh? Okay. Um, next question. Uh, best team performance from the weekend. Um, I'm going to say Arsenal. I mean, probably I'm Arsenal. Say Arsenal. 
I to come back from one nil down and just dominate the game. I think you could probably say Man City as well, but I felt as though Leeds actually like put it towards them, where I felt like Arsenal was completely dominant the entire yeah. the entire match. Even though being one nil down, I felt like I was never in doubt. I'm going Arsenal or Liverpool, and I, I like yeah. hesitate to I hesitate to say Liverpool because obviously they got a goal scored on them, but Arsenal complete domination and and. Yes, there was a goal, but and yes, it was a pen in the definition of a penalty. But I mean, it, I hate that it's a pen. Um, so I'm picking Arsenal through and through. All right. Well, I think that's our show, guys. Happy Boxing Day. I hope you have a happy new year. I hope you had a great holiday. Uh, Martin, do you have anything else? And a happy new year. <laughs> Uh, I think that'll do it. All right. Thanks, guys. Make sure to subscribe, like, leave a rating or whatever the fuck you do. Catch us at the United Soccer Leagues, United Soccer Coaches Conference. And uh, I don't know how to end this show. Martin Martin is making fun of me. All right. Bye. (laughs) I'll be your dream. I'll be your wish. I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope, I'll be your love, be everything that you need. I love you more with every breath, truly, madly, deeply do. I will be strong, I will be faithful, cause I'm counting on a new beginning. A reason for living, a deeper meaning. I wanna stand with you on a mountain.